This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Sky Blues Extra podcast with myself, Dean Atkinson. Alongside me this evening, delighted to be joined by Ross Spence. Ross, welcome along to what's officially the uh, the worst Coventry City podcast, according to a, a ropey old Twitter poll entered by 15 people. How are you, mate? You must be delighted to be on here. Oh yeah, fantastic, mate. I uh, unfortunately made that trip down to to Bristol yesterday so I'm uh, definitely feeling a bit uh, jet jet lag today so to speak even though it's a uh, not a playing journey it's actually I just feel like whenever you go to an away day you always feel knackered the next day because of the amount of traveling and especially when you especially when you lose as well obviously you have all that optimism and energy before the game you're having a few drinks etc and then before you know it, Coventry City has sucked the life out of you by 90 minutes at the end of the game, mate. So, uh, yeah, as you said, we're the, we're the worst podcast, according to some Cov fans, but each to their own, isn't it? That's we keep opinion. going. We <laughs> yeah, sold you. We sold you on. That's what... Can only get better from here. Yeah, that's the whole point of a fan's podcast, isn't it? Is is having people that don't like you and people that do like you. So That's the world of social media, mate. It is, unfortunately. You have to but... suck it up. It is what it is. We move, don't we, mate? We move. Absolutely, yeah. You haven't been on here for a while. How, yeah, yeah. How, how are things? Things are okay, mate. I mean, I've been... I'm sick of these international breaks. I can't lie. I really thought yeah, that the one... Why not, that, me? I thought that the one we just we just had was the last one. And oh, I remember no. being I remember being in the gym and going, cannot wait for this one to be over. Last one. And then Robin said, I think it was pre-match on Friday, I think it was. He said, oh, yeah, we've got five games and another break. And I thought, another break? And then I checked the fixtures and it's like big gap from after that. I think it's the Stoke game, isn't it, on home yeah. on the Saturday. Yeah. And then there's another international break for two weeks. And I was just like, how have we How have we got another break? Like, they're just, how is any team meant to gain any momentum in any league? 
when they're only playing five games and then stopping for two weeks. It's just, it's madness to me. It makes zero sense. And also the international players are going to end up getting injured as well on top of that because they're not having any breaks and they're doing completely different styles of play, different training sessions, which the body has to adapt to. So I, I just don't get it, mate. Well, as really. long as UEFA and FIFA are making more money, I mean, yeah. who, who cares, that's, really? You know? that's the, yeah, that's, and, and according to some people on Twitter, footballers are, are robots, you know, they should yeah. travel half the world, play three times in that period but because they earn a hundred grand a week you know they should be it having means, to get yeah. on with it yeah <laughs> then they're, they're not they're not human anymore they're just they're just they're basically some sort of robot because they earn a lot of money um but yeah it doesn't work like that mate and i think eventually it's, it's taking its toll isn't it as you can see by the amount of injuries teams get every year including including ourselves really so and that's without actually having too many international players so could you imagine if we did have did have more international players, how much of a mayor it would be. But um, yeah, I'm just sick of the international breaks, mate. But at the same token, I'm a little bit sick of us as well at the moment. So I can't <laughs> it's really It's only win. been one game. You can't be sick of us that, that much already after the international break. Yeah, no, I'm just... You, whenever it's just you... frustrating, isn't it? That's, yeah. I mean, that's all yesterday is. It's just a frustrating one. And we've had it so often in the past. I think back to the, the COVID season. That's what yesterday yeah. reminded me of. Like we played yeah. so well. And we just come away with with absolutely nothing. So you know, I think it's just we got to chalk it down to being one of those days, and Definitely. hopefully it's not you know something long term that sort of creeps in because that's when the frustration starts to boil over. I mean, they they kind of boiled over yesterday a little bit. Like I listened to the phone in again on BBC CWR. I don't know why I put myself through it, but frustrations were boiling over there. And then I go onto Twitter and I'm like, oh God, get off this thing in like the next five minutes because it's just incredibly frustrating reading all that nonsense as well it's just it's too much just way too much i i've said it since the start and, and the biggest problem that we find ourselves in mate is we are like a, you know when a child's normally they have good christmases but this year they've had an extremely good christmas and they've got so much so many toys they don't know what to do with them that's a bit like us in terms of the sense of we've never been this spoiled with players that we've paid money for we've never had a, a summer where we've spent 20 plus million pounds and sold players for nearly double that amount 40 million pounds you know it's it's been obscene One of those christmases for, for us where we don't get links african yeah, gift sets over yeah, and over again yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> we've, we've actually been given some good gifts this year and because the good gifts aren't always uh living up to their expectations of what some people would i.e had you right people seem to think that he needs to score a hat-trick every game to be a to be a good player um i i think that that's where the issue lies and i do understand the frustration because personally for me as a fan's point of view i now see us I mean, I love the fact Robbins bats his players. A manager should always do that. But from a fan's point of view, I think he is gaslighting a little bit now. Like I am looking at it, I'm thinking, come on, Mark, we're nearly in we're nearly in November now and you yeah, still I keep mean, coming out. Yeah, I mean, Oggy said the same saying, thing yesterday. Yeah, Twelve games in, you know, we can't use that excuse we're, too we're, much anymore. It's um, yes, we've we've not had a pattern really of where we've been consistent with games. But these players are training with each other every single day. They're not strangers to one another anymore. They're friends. They understand each other. Yes, they're still fresh, but so are a lot of other teams. So I don't like to keep hearing this, oh, it's going to take time. It's new. If we spend that amount of money, Robbins and King must know that we are the, one of the most fickle fan bases <laughs> out there and must know that we expect things to click a lot sooner than they are. You can't charge 
£500 Premier League season ticket packages and all the stuff he's been doing and then say, oh, you know, it's it's going to take... Cod, it's Cod, progress, fans don't, yeah. Cod fans don't work like that, unfortunately. When they've seen that money spent, you will get judged on that. And that's unfortunately where we are at the moment. I'm and, kind of glad you brought that up because when I was at the Tavern event, me and obviously Ross hosted that on, on Monday night um, with, with Jada Silva and Louis Binks, which was a brilliant night uh, by all accords. And the guys really opened up and... I could actually like sense there like there'd been some foundations really starting to be built between the team. And yeah. I thought it was great uh, banter between Jay and, and Louis. And you could think you could feel that. Um and it was brilliant to sort of get their thoughts and that's really boosted my confidence moving forward. And the start we made yesterday, I was like, wow, maybe <laughs> maybe these foundations are are real. Um I mean, cause that that first thirty minutes was electric. It was like watching Real Madrid. And I thought, who is this team? Like, we don't normally come back from an international break like this. Yeah, it was, it was it's being stood there, mate. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty surreal watching. But I bet everyone was sort of looking at each other and going, what, "What are we at the right game here?" Mouths and jaws must have been wide open. It was, but the biggest problem was every chance we missed, everyone just kept being really excited, but going. This is going to be a commentary. Yeah, we know what's <laughs> coming, basically. So people were like excited, like, oh my God, we're playing so well. But then they were like, but we've missed again. <laughs> so with us, it doesn't work like that. And I said it to my friend next to me at the time. I said, if that was Ipswich, Leicester, or a South, even a Southampton, any of those teams, they'd have been two or three nil up in that game easily, comfortably. They'd have been, they'd have been two or three nil up and they'd have been cruising. And at the moment, we are a very inconsistent, average-looking team. We have good spells, we have good moments, and the problem is, is we can't. I think we can't live off if, if buts and maybes. You know, if if Godden would have took that chance, if Sims would have took that chance, if Sheaf's got shot would have not hit the bar and gone out. Do you know what I mean? If Sakamoto's shot would, have, we we can't keep living off if buts and maybes. You know, if I put a lottery ticket on, I could win a million pound, but I didn't. Do you know what I mean? It's we've got to look at. And you wouldn't share it, would you? Is, you wouldn't share it no, with us. Not, wouldn't share it. I might <laughs> put a share into the club. <laughs> I, I wouldn't You're not do that. Much out of that. <laughs> I I'd just get a load of abuse. <laughs> I think uh, from reading Twitter and and the forums and stuff, I think a lot of the chat seemed to be about creative creative playing. Yeah. And I caveat that because I, I think you look, you go back and look at that first 35 minutes. The only thing we sort of lacked was conversion and composure in the yeah. area. Obviously, that matters the most in front of goal. But we kept getting ourselves in great positions. It was five or six opportunities. We hit the bar twice. We had two free shots and goal from our strikers. And I know it's hard to sustain that, but it's equally as frustrating that we couldn't sort of muster up those same opportunities in the second in the yeah. second half or the last 55 minutes of the game and i think that's where where the problems really arise is that we just can't seem to sustain what we what we do like it's, it's all well and good doing it for these little patches against against norwich we did the same thing in that last 15 minutes if it was another five minutes on the end of the game we'd have probably won that match yeah, but definitely. that's another if but maybe yeah and and you're absolutely right we there's just there's just this thing that just seems not clicking and it's in, it's where it matters most in front of goal. Yeah, and it's ultimately that... I, I said it after the game and I'll be honest, the second half for me was poor. Like it was... What I find with us is we've gone from a team... We were never 
not easy to judge before, but we were very good at what we did and we were very hard to stop. So Jokeres in the channels, Hamer making runs, Palmer O'Hare in the pockets. People knew what we were going to do. You'd listen to opposition managers would come out and we'd say, we, we know how Coventry are going to play, but we were just that good at it. It'd be hard to stop a lot of teams. But when I watch us at the moment, we have spells like yesterday for me was the first real time that that half an hour spell where we looked like we clicked as a team. I thought, okay, this is what we're now trying to do as a team. And then we conceded the goal. I'm thinking, okay, we're 1-0 down, but we're now attacking in front of our fans' second half. We've got a good go at this. We've been all over them pretty much the whole game. We just need game. to do They're the not, same again, yeah, basically. We just need to do the same, and we're in front of our fans, and we will score. And if we score, we'll win the game, because they'll just completely capitulate and won't know what to do. And their fans weren't really getting behind them either. So I thought, okay. And then we just come out, and we were just the most easy team to read in the world. I mean, we had a corner. And I don't want to bring these up about Josh Eccles, but I've seen people going mad at him. But <laughs> we actually had a corner and it was the side that I was over. And I said, please do not play this short, whatever you do. And he passed it short to Sheaf, right? And Sheaf got it and passed it back. So I think I forgot who it was. I think it might have actually been Thomas or Binks behind him. Who then passed this it on the left hand Sheen. side? Yeah, on the left yeah, hand side. This, yeah, yeah. And they, they almost did like a pattern of play between them where it then ended up with Sheaf, I think it was. And Eccles made a run in behind and he just overplayed it and the ball went out of play for a goal kick. And I just thought we did all of that to kick it out of play. Like there's, we've just wasted now a, a good two or three minutes of play by doing this ultimately to kick the ball out of play when we could have got another corner and put them under more pressure. And it just it just didn't make any sense what we were yeah. doing. And sometimes I, when I watch this, I just think they almost don't know what they're doing, if that makes sense. Some of, someone needs to take, you know, almost responsibility or hanging yeah. yeah, that we need someone that just will take the ball and will take the game by the scruff of the net. It's probably the where moment, we lacked the Jamie Allen yesterday, isn't it? Yeah, because he, I think he, he, been... he can kind of do that. Massively. I know he's not, he's not the greatest player in the world and he's not going to pull up, you yeah. know, any trees all the time, but he, at least he has that in the locker. And we've talked about Sheaf. It was obviously fantastic having back yesterday. It was it was really important to, to the way we played, but he looked a frustrating figure out there because he was trying to muster up something, but that's really the part of the game that he's lacking. Like he yeah, didn't have not. that kind of forward thinking, you know, <sighs> creative, creative well, I... mindset a little bit. I mean, he, he can do it, but not yeah. to the extent obviously we've had in the past with, with Gus, etc. And and Jamie Allen maybe for me was the guy yesterday who could come in and maybe just force it a little bit, you know? That's what it needed because we didn't seem to have a structural plan B. And I think just forcing it a little bit more might have been the way to get in behind them. I think it would have been nice if we could have took Eccles off and maybe brought Allen on, you know, for a bit of energy and someone to drive with the ball next to Sheaf and allow him to do to do what he needs to. And I felt I'm going to bring this subject up because I've been big on it. I've told, I've said to everyone since the start of the season, Sakamoto can and is a 10 as well as a winger. And people have said he can't play there. He looked clueless there against Wimbledon in the cup and against Swansea. He wasn't great. And I said, give the bloke a chance. For the first half yesterday, he was electric in the yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think I think we missed the ceremony, but it looked like he'd been given the keys to the city of Bristol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the yeah, space massively. he was finding, it was, it was yeah, ridiculous. He was, it was he was he was unbelievable. He was one of the best players on the pitch by country mile. And I was I remember thinking a few weeks ago, people told me this bloke can play in this position, and now look at him, he's getting it. He's hard. He's on the half turn. He's getting into spaces. He's just still jinking past people like he would on the wing. He's doing one twos and still going out wide and getting the ball in the box. You know, he was he was everywhere, and then it comes to the second half 
And I don't really remember him getting into space once because no, no one could they, find they, it. They, and they put an yeah. extra man in the middle of the park. Yeah, and they basically, basically just, just... sucked that life out of anything going, going through the middle. And that's where, because we've talked about Van Ewick and, and, um, and Jada Silva, they actually got a lot more of the ball in that second half. But yeah. it was just impossible to do anything with it because when we tried to overlap, the second player from Bristol came and covered that position and they just sucked the life out of that game, Bristol. It's fair play to to Pearson and, and Bristol for the way they yeah, set up he... in the second half because they just nullified us completely. And then the no plan B is is really frustrating. I want to ask you, are you critical of Robbins and his coaching staff and not having that in play? Yeah, I don't I don't like to criticize Robbins because obviously he's he is the gaffer and he's he's got us to ultimately where we are today. But as a fan, you are still allowed to have opinions and criticize. I think two things. One, he's too stubborn with formations, and two, he's too stubborn with substitutions. And it is it is it's been a factor of his whole tenor at Cov from when we were in League Two remember in League One to now in the Championship, he's always been stubborn with substitutions. He never makes subs early and he never, ever changes the way we play. And I was actually speaking to um, one of, obviously one of my bosses the other day, CJ, um, and he was saying, if you look at the players that we've actually got, we are very well suited to a 4-3-3 system as well, which really you would, as a fan, you would like to see us go to at some point as a plan B, even if it's not plan A and we still play with a five at the back, if you take off McFadston, we have enough players and the fundamentals there to definitely go to a 4-3-3. I you think know, you'll you've got see that Sakamoto more often and, when you've got O'Hare yeah, and Palmer in. Yeah, definitely. Def- and you, you have the fundamentals there to, for us to switch to a 4-3-3 in game. And he actually made a good point to me. Had he right, for me, when O'Hare and players come back, I'm hoping we see a lot more of him. But he also naturally, if you notice, he naturally comes out wide a bit like Jokerez does. So it would be quite nice to see a three with, say, Godden or Sims as the central point, but Hadji out on, on a wing, you know, when you can get him sort of 1v1 with someone and see what he can do in those positions. Or even if you've got Sakamoto on one wing, you get it out to him and he takes one on. You've got Hadji at the back post ultimately to come in and, and nod it in. And we all know he can head a ball because we've seen him do it. So that option would be nice instead of just going, right, we'll hoist Sims off and put Hadji on in, in the exact same formation, in the exact same system and see if we can do anything because that's not always going to work. Gonna work so now, yeah. it's not me criticising it, but I'd just like to see something. And then like yesterday, I was scratching my head. I thought he was bringing on Lattie Bader to put him in midfield in the 88th minute and he just swapped the centre-half for a centre-half. And I just thought... He did go to four at the back for the last three I, minutes of the game, yeah, but it's, it's too thought, late. It's just it's late now. Why are we doing that in the eighty-eighth minute? That should have been done twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Not yeah. in the eighty-eighth minute when there's three minutes plus added time. It's just it just doesn't make any sense. So I will be critical on him on that yesterday. I just thought we we tried to huff and puff through that game way too long. I think another manager, if that was Pearson, so to speak, I think Pearson would have made a tactical change well, a did. lot earlier. Yeah, he did he, make that tactical change ultimately early in the first even, half. Yeah, yeah, and in our position, if he was the Coventry manager, I think he'd have made a, a substitution by about the 60th minute. To be honest, I think he'd have made probably two or three by that point, and it took us. I think the first change was it like the 70th, 75th minute. We brought on Hadji, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's 15 minutes too late by that point. You give it the first 15, 20 minutes. You can see how that was that second half was going yeah, quite early. Million so, percent. Yeah. But I mean, we've talked about the lack of bodies. I mean, Sheaf was back yesterday. And I think I, I said it to, in the WhatsApp group yesterday, like we're Alan coming back, O'Hare and Palmer back. We're one centre midfielder away from having a very, very decent outfit. Yeah. But it's I but, agree. Well, 
how often do we have our full squad available? <laughs> so it's a case of utilizing what you've got. And at the moment, I don't think Robbins is doing that well. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like you said, you just know how the game works. By the time we've got O'Hare and Palmer back, someone else will be injured again. So then we'll be going, oh, but if only such and such was back playing, we'd be great. You're not going to have all players very rarely playing all season 100% fit. And it is clear to see, and I've seen people putting um, things up about Eccles, some people slagging him off and some people saying that he played really well. For me yesterday, I know he had a couple of, like where he put balls into the box, Overall, if you watched him in the midfield, for me, the biggest issue, he's so lightweight. I've watched people just completely, absolutely run through him on occasions when it's a 50-50. And I hate that because we've gone, hate to bring his name up, from someone like Gustavo Hamer, who was an absolute bully for his size in the midfield, again, with Sheaf. They were the, one of the best two tacklers to now Sheaf coming back who won't always be able to make every single tackle to now Eccles. And for me, he's just not, he's not a presence enough in the middle of the pitch. I'm not disregarding he has got some ability, but there's things he's doing at the moment and you just think, oh, like, really? Is if that, that going to really, only... yeah, is that going to really take us to the playoffs this year? And it's not me being, like, even being picky. We're not going to get the playoffs with him playing in centre He of the feels field. more it's... of a squad player for me. Yeah, like, he's he the is. guy who comes in and fills a gap for the one or two Massively. games that, you, yeah. that you, you need him to, but he's not... What he did last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and to be honest, he actually did that role really well last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. But we're relying on him too much this year to be a first-team first first player. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I question his ability to do that yeah. all season long. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's some people will say, and you know, and I, I like the fact they're trying to defend him because I don't agree with absolutely slagging him off to the hills because that is unfair because he's not he's not an awful player, but he's ultimately not going to take us to the level that we want to and expect to be at, and that is just a simple fact. He's he is a the highest player. rated player on who scored though. So yeah, I think I'd say that with a pinch of salt. Really, what, what what do we know, Dino? What do we know from we don't. what I watched? We're the worst podcast I... in 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 the air. Uh... In the we country. know nothing, mate. We know absolutely nothing, mate. We're clueless on this, we, on this yeah, podcast. We make up a lot of shit and don't know our <laughs> ass from our elbow, basically. <laughs> what else are we going to bring up? Oh, uh, their goal. Fad's obviously a bit out-muscled by, by Rob Dickey. And then there's a bit of blame on, on Ben Wilson again. Everything about it was just soft, mate, weren't it? It was just the free kick we gave away to the marking, to the header, to the save, to it hitting the net. It was just soft, and it summed it up by my mate. I, I he literally said to me, "You needed the toilet." How many mates you got? <laughs> there was I two don't of us today. today. <laughs> you, you, I'm alone, mate. I don't really. I was just <laughs> going to stand on my own and pretend I know people at the games. Um, but yeah, he said, "He said if I go to the toilet now, I'm going to miss a goal, aren't I?" But I went, "No, no, no." I said, "Don't worry about that." He must have literally probably just got down the stairs, and the free kick had come in and it had balled it the net. And he said he was in the toilet, and all of a sudden you heard a roar, and everyone was going. Who's that? And so, and he was going, that can't be us because we'd have heard a much bigger roar than that. That must yeah. be them. And then he just come back up and was just like, really? Yeah. And I said, mate, you'll be glad that you're in the toilet. I'd have rather have missed the goal than actually see it. Because when I saw it live, yeah. I just, when it hit the net, I just couldn't. And I it's didn't actually so... realise how close it was to half time. It was on the 45th minute as well, wasn't it? As well. Yeah, like... to us, it wasn't even a free kick. And then, like, just for them to score from it, it's just, 
draining. Talking honestly. about it is just draining, isn't it? Like you it don't is. even want to talk about it because it was such a pathetic goal to concede. But you knew it was coming ultimately because you knew that we didn't take our chances, and we didn't. If we'd have if we'd have been clinical in that first twenty minutes, we'd have been out of sight in that game. They wouldn't. They'd have had to come at us, and it would have suited us down to a T because we could have broke on them, hit them on the counter, and it would have been another QPR ultimately. I think another two or three nil or three one or something like that. But we didn't put the ball in the net this time, and it, it cost us. And you just knew it was coming, and it was. It was frustrating, like you said. I'm still frustrated now, even thinking back to it. But we have to put it right on Wednesday against Rotherham, ultimately, now, and get three points. Absolutely. Right, uh, let's wrap this one up. Man of the match from you. Um, well, I mean, Slim yeah, I suppose, isn't it? Sakamoto, maybe? I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd probably give it words. to him. Yeah, you've took the words out of my mouth. I think a lot for a lot of people who said he can't play in that position, he showed how versatile he is because I've now seen him play right wing back, left wing back, and he's now played as a 10. So for two and a half million and for the ability that he's got and the versatility of him in our system, he's a very good footballer and I'm starting to like him more and more. And I feel like he's growing into our team more and more. And he's almost, they almost wanted to give him the ball a lot more yesterday from when I was watching it. It was like, way more Sheaf, trust, was, way yeah, more Sheaf was looking up, Sheaf was looking up and thinking, right, let's do a one-two. And him and Sheaf had some really good combinations in that first half. And I was liking what I was seeing. So I think once O'Hare comes back and he plays with him, I think that could be a really nice little link up between sort of, you've got Sheaf, O'Hare, Sakamoto and, and Van Evac on that right-hand side. I think there could be some good little interchanges there, which, which will cause teams a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Tats and it's his birthday today, isn't it? It's happy birthday, Tats. Happy well. birthday, Tats, match from, from SBE. <laughs> You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Right, you mentioned it just a while back. We've got a trip up north on, is it Wednesday? Wednesday? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's Wednesday, I believe. Another Wednesday game uh, to Rotherham. Uh, not New York City. We're off to Rotherham. Uh, sure. Backed by a sold-out Sky Blue Army, of course. Um, confidence? How How confident are you? It feels like a good game to try and get over what what just happened. Do you know what? And I'm going to be honest here. I'm I'm not confident, but that's always a good thing. If I'm not confident, we always go and do the total opposite. Why is that though? Why is that? Is it because of Cov or because of Rotherham? Because of us. I just I just really I think I I can see it just being. It's either going to go two ways. We're either going to play really well and put Saturday right, or it's going to be another vice versa where we go there play really well, don't take our chances and they're going to score a set piece or score a rubbish goal against us again. And I think if it's A, we can 
move on from Saturday pretty quickly, you know, and start to actually try and get a bit of momentum in the next, you know, going into sort of a local derby at home then on the following Monday against West Brom. But if it's B and we lose to another soft goal and batter them and come away with nothing, then questions are really going to start to be asked of Robbins, I think, because people are going to start to get impatient because people are going to be like, well, what? where is the progress in this team? You know, we're battering teams and just we're losing one nil. Is this going to be a, a constant theme all season? But we're going so to a team that's not, not won since the start of September. Four four losses in the last six, you know, a team's really, really struggling. We say that, though, but we've only won three games, mate. You know, we, we don't win many games either. So we're looking at it thinking from a football inside, are we a better footballing team? Yeah, we are by a country mile. But in terms of actually winning and converting games, we're not that much better than them statistically because we've won three. That's it. All season, we won three games. The rest of the time, we either draw or lose. But we have been in positions to win more games than them. Yeah. So we are, we, but by, by far, we are a better football team than Rotherham United. Let's get that crystal clear we are much better than them and have better players all over the pitch but the way we are at the moment as a team you you don't know what to expect if you'd have asked me this a year ago i'd have probably gone yeah we'll go and get a cod wings if we turn up we know what we're going to expect because they're still new and they're so inconsistent we you know we we had it we had it from a half half yesterday for the first 40 minutes every call fan in that stand was absolutely buzzing with the team they're gonna win the league our, yeah we, <laughs> we, at that point we were like yes we, we've got one of the best teams in the league soon as that goal went in completely all confidence gone in everyone again it was our hadji shite bloody bloody do you think that do you think stuff. that rubs off on the players can they feel that do you think from the stands or or from social media i i, I think you know Yesterday was it was really weird actually. I actually looked up um at the end of the game and you know when obviously the players obviously come over and they clap and stuff, they stood they stood there for a very, very long time and clapped. And it was almost like, you know, as if they know they could tell by the way the fans were just getting out and not really I think they know that we're starting to get a little bit annoyed and there's a lot of frustration now. I think the I think they can ultimately see it because they they obviously see from beyond the goal people's hands going up, people must shout all sorts of stuff throughout the game that you you know you don't know. There's there's all sorts of stuff at a football game that people say, but Especially I saw like Danny's there. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I hope none of the new players have seen him yet because they'll be scarred for life. Well, I'm happens, pretty sure but... he was interviewed on CWR before the game yesterday, but there you go. If it is, then they've come to an all-time low. <laughs> Clive and Augie seriously need to have a word with themselves if they're interviewing Craig Danny. Um, but yeah, it, it was weird. I was leaving and Louis Binks was kind of stood there clapping for a while and there was a few of them, Latty Bader. And it's almost like they're looking up and thinking... I think we should take bets on when you're going to get Latty Baudier's name right. Yeah, Latty Baudier. I, was, I call him Latty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like a, just, I, know, I know Van Evac is Van Evac, but I call him MVE just so I don't get it so I don't <laughs> get it wrong, basically. But um, they were all stood there and they were clapping at the end. And you know, you could just tell by someone's body language that yeah, they, the they, they could, they, they could, they, could they feel know. it. Yeah, they can feel that it's flat. They can feel that almost as if we know there's good players there but there's not confidence in them yet because they've not given us anything to be confident with and that was the body language that I kind of got from them is that they're starting to understand now that we are like I said before we're fickle we we, we are a fickle fan base ultimately and we want better results and better performances and for us to go to them play out how we did and not score a goal 
ultimately you get judged and we've spent what 20 odd million pounds and we're looking at thinking well we didn't even score a goal in that game and our team's worth worth over 20 million you know that's that's ultimately how Coventry fans look at it and it's rubbing off at the moment but we still need to stick behind them I'll never say to not get behind them but I am frustrated as as everyone at the minute because you can't not be we, how can we be happy with only winning three games of football all season you, you, we can't you know people say oh give Wright and Sims time I I do agree especially more so with with Wright considering the amount of minutes he's got but what what were both of them 12 30 million pounds to have scored three goals in 12 games isn't a good output so far ultimately at the end of the day it's just it's statistical facts isn't it really you can't I would also say that we were still bottom of the league at this point last year yeah we were we were still bottom of the league but i think the difference was last year to this year is we knew what we had in our team ultimately we don't know this team well enough yet so that's that's the problem with cov fans cov fans have to once they start to understand the players more They'll be able to get behind them in the tough moments. But ultimately, like I've said three or four times today, just alone, we're fickle. And we've spent a lot of money. And that's ultimately what they're getting judged on at the moment is that they're worth a lot of money. And they're not, in Coventry fans' eyes, they're not living up to expectations. All right then, Mr. Fickle. Let's get a prediction from you for this game. For me, like this is a game that you earmark, especially away from home, that you think you can go there and win. And to me, it feels like one this week. I feel like we'll 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 turn the call down. I'm going to go for a one 0 win. Oh, who's going to score though? I think Hadji's going to do it. I, 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 and I think once he gets one, I think he'll and get a ch- run in the team. I think he'll. I think he'll he'll get more. Um, I don't. He's not had a proper run in the team yet. I think that's another thing that's affected him as well, isn't it? Really, he plays a game, and if he doesn't score, it's like he's out again, isn't it? So yeah, and he, the guy does have ability. Every time I've I've been at these um, yeah fan Q and A events, every player has said, "Oh, I'd have Hadji in my five side team," or Hadji, you know, has been brilliant in training, but then he doesn't get the opportunity much yeah. really, and then the team he's playing in isn't really the creative force that he needs to. Yeah. get him chances so he's he's for, for, if people think that he's not got ability then they obviously no, don't no, really understand yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there's people who have said he's shy he should he couldn't lace yokerez's boots blah, blah blah look he's not victor yokerez we all know that but the guy has still scored goals in his career he plays for the usa he's been to the world cup for god's sake you you got to have some form of footballing ability if you can play in a world cup regardless of who you're playing for he's you know he's playing in a team with players like christian pulisic who play in the champions league it's he's got ability Hadji right as everyone knows that's why we paid eight million pounds for the guy nearly but he hasn't returned at the moment but like people are saying we need more creativity in and around him and I think once we get O'Hare and players I would like to see him up front on on his own or I want to see him on his own as well or 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 an out wide position would be quite nice where you go to like a three so you have a Sakamoto a right and a Sims or a Godden in the middle that would also be a nice one because I think once you thread it into him and he can run onto it that's when you get him in trouble. But when he's back to goal, I don't think he's the back to goal player. No matter how big the guy is, I don't think he, he's someone that... That's more of what Ellis Sims is learning to be better at, is back to goal, play off him. Whereas I don't see Hadji as that. I think Hadji is just simply a in-behind, run at you, get goals type of striker. And I, I think, think that's once... why we're playing two up front at the moment, because we just don't feel like we've got enough creativity yeah. behind Ultimate, them to, ultimately, to, yeah. to, give, to, to make them chances. It's kind of like, go make some chances of your own, lads, yeah. because... And it's not working at the moment. Yeah, and I think once we've got those creative players in behind, I think both both Wright and Sims can play off front on their own. Um, And it's just about altering how you play to that 
certain attacker really. Yeah. And I think I think we'll um we'll bear the fruits of that. But um we've gone off topic here. Yeah, I'm um, gonna go. What's your prediction? It smells <laughs> like a loss coming. No, I'm gonna go for a one one draw. Okay. Um I think we'll I think we'll get a point. I think it'll I think it'll probably be a, a just a frustrating point, but I'll take that rather than a loss. And if we do go there and get a one nil, like you said, I'll be really happy with that because we should go there and win. But ultimately at the moment from from Saturday, we've got to do something's really got to change for us to go there. Because ultimately, like we've said on tonight, well, today's pod numerous times, if you don't put the ball in the net, you ain't going to win a game of football. It's as simple as that. And it's something we're not doing well enough at the moment is scoring when we're on top of teams. So it depends if we do that. If we do that, we're more than capable of winning two or three nil there. But if we don't, it, it could be a frustrating afternoon. But yeah, I'm going to go for one one and the goal scorer. I think Godden might score. On, on Wednesday, I think I'll if if, if quiet, he plays, he? that is yeah. yeah. I think I think he's due a goal. I think he'll be annoyed with his miss on Saturday because he should have put that in the net as well. And that was that was a sitter for him. So I think he'll be a bit frustrated. And then he'll probably do his usual hands of the ears <laughs> celebration in front of two cough fans. So yeah, one one and a, and a golden goal. Another game obviously under the lights and and talking of under the lights, another game moved actually from from three pm on a Saturday. Um, in the future, the Birmingham game's been moved to to a Friday night. Um, in front of the Sky cameras. Does only mean only one home game until Boxing Day. That will be three pm on a on a Saturday. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Is, is that kind of, is that fair on season ticket holders? I see. I saw a lot of this in in the week, didn't they? And I know that Dave said in our chat, didn't he? He was a bit annoyed with this one because he'll now miss it through work. And I I do understand that. But the one the the Birmingham and, and these type of games, I'm not surprised that they they moved them because they're derby games. And like Leicester, we're meant to play them at home in January on a Saturday. You already know that in the next month or two, they're going to move that to a Sunday 12 o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports. You you, you know it's coming. You know it, We're going to get money and they don't want the trouble ultimately. Like they did it, well, we did at their place at the start. They'll move that to a Sunday at the, at the CBS and they'll put it to a 12 o'clock kickoff so that there's less chance of people getting drunk and in their eyes and all that kind of stuff, even though it doesn't do any of that because people will still be in the exact same position as they were regardless of whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday. They do it because on paper terms, it's better. But I do agree with some people on the fact that we've not had enough 3pm kickoffs and ultimately that is what people pay a season ticket for, isn't it? They like their Saturday, they like their three o'clock routine. As a season ticket holder, you do understand there will be some movement, yeah. but not as much as what it's felt like so far this yeah, year. Like why... Plenty more to come. Yeah, like why did our Huddersfield game get moved? I just don't understand that. Like That one should have been on a Saturday at three o'clock. It shouldn't have been a Monday eight o'clock kickoff. There was literally zero reason for us to be on the telly at that on that game at that time. Obviously, we had the Middlesbrough and then we had a Sunderland. We almost had back-to-back -back home games that were both on the telly, weren't they as well? I think it was the Sunderland game. It was on the telly, wasn't yeah, it, it was, I believe? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so again, two games that we've had on, on the telly there. You've now got West Brom, which has been moved to a Monday, which realistically, it is a derby, but... I've never known it to be that bad with them when they come to our place, you know, and it's it'd be it'd be really like hostile. It's a it's a West Midlands derby and you still want to beat each other, but there's not a humongous no rivalry. No, yeah, like not, we no. don't really care about each other that much, but it is nice to beat each other or to beat the 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 baggies, you know, yam, 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 and all that stuff. But it's it's ultimately it's not it's not a massive derby. So I'm I mean, I, I I do understand why some people are annoyed because like you said if you look at it from a perspective of now it's nearly up until boxing day we don't have a 3 p.m kickoff that's 
that's two last months. bit of October, last, all of November, and then pretty much most of December, really, isn't it? So I think a lot like, of people are bringing up the point of kids as well. You know, yeah. obviously they are the future of of the supporters and school and school. Stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, lots of you have to take them sort of things into consideration. Um, yeah, if you if you were if you'd won that lottery and you were on the on the board. Um, would you would you try and push for some sort of compensation for season ticket holders? I'm I not sure what they could do really. Like maybe half price third round FA Cup tickets or free point or something like that. I don't, I don't know what they can do really. Yeah, I mean maybe they could throw something in, you know, like a, could could they do some sort of package like they say where you get half price, um, half price food at the game, or could they could they do something where they put on some extra food at the game which children can get for free as an example a meet you know, and greet so... with ross spent subscribers extra <laughs> yeah but that that would that would entice them all up mate they'd be queuing at the door not to <laughs> see the games to see me alone but you know could they do something where realistically a, a night game for a parent you've got to get your child to eat and then get them up the game it's a bit of a bit of a nightmare whereas if you know that they've got something on the ground like some nice food not not i'm not talking like a hot dog or a burger from behind beyond the kiosk in the in the cs i'm talking actually something nice and it was all you can have it for free because we've moved the game with the money that we've made that's a gesture of goodwill and it's saying right we know it's a bit of an inconvenience but you scratch our back we'll scratch yours type of situation as doug king said many times in his interviews, he wants it to be a you scratch mine, I'll scratch your back. And I think now probably would be a good time for some of the, for, for Doug King really to to award some of these fans that are probably going to go up out of their way and move plans, etc. Especially around like the Christmas time of year, you know what comes up in that whole month. People go to see family and all sorts of stuff, don't they, around that time of year. So it, it's always difficult for them to get to games. So I think it would be good if they could do something, but ultimately that's... Uh... <laughs> That's up to DK, isn't it, really, and what he wants to what he wants to do. But so I found something here that clubs get one hundred and thirty five thousand pound from Sky for the home game being broadcast, and you get twelve and a half thousand if it's an away game. One hundred thirty five. Yeah. That's coming from the Birmingham Mail, uh, which I think <laughs> they own the Cov Telegraph as well. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, not exactly the most trusty of sources. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but if, if, if it is in that sort of ballpark, is it, is it w- worth agreeing to it? I don't know. It's, Surely they've got, he's got, would Doug really do all of that for a hundred and what was it? 150 grand, 125? Uh, 135, 12 and a half. So you're 135 he, at home, 12 and a half away. Would he? So realistically, if we've had six games on Sky, we're not even making a million pound off that. So really, would he? Would he go through all that hassle for, for for not even a million pound? You'd have thought it would have been a good few hundred thousand per game, or do you know what I mean? It's I'm trying to. I'm it, trying to find it off the on the EFL website. There's a there's a page of agreements, and but it doesn't actually say how. I, I much. find that difficult, mate. I don't think 135 grand is what we'd get as a club because it wouldn't even be worth the time, would it? Especially doing as many as we are. That's there's got yeah. to be there's got to be something in it for us, hasn't there? If we're, there's if a couple, we're agreeing there's a couple, to of, this pla- there's a couple of places saying 135,000 from just a a quick Google search. Mm. I'm looking to a bit more. It'd be interesting to find out really because then you start to like work out is it is it worth it? Because you, yeah, like, you're what, generally going to lose out on war cups and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, 
Yeah. But regardless know. of that, mate, we now have the uh, we now have the attendance works at the Rico. Anyway, even if we've got five thousand, it <laughs> will still be twenty one thousand. Just <laughs> just so the tax man doesn't know at the end of the season we've dropped under. You know, you you don't have to be a guessing man. But you, I think it was the Blackburn game when they said there was twenty thousand. Lately, <laughs> about sixteen up there, and it was like we'll add it on the four thousand, though, mate. Don't worry, so the tax man doesn't come knocking. It's all right. But yeah, I, I don't know, mate. Hopefully, he does. Hopefully he does something for some fans because I think the more closer it gets to the game is when he'll do something because there was a bit of uproar but people will sort of forget about it a little bit now because obviously we've got games coming up but it will be once it gets to that end of November time that's when people will re-bring up the subject so it'll be interesting sort of at that period of time if or when he does anything to respond because he has always said and his brother Will King always says that he always looks at what's put on Twitter so if he knows there's a lot of backlash and people are saying oh well there's been loads of game moves it's ridiculous I've paid £500 for a season ticket blah de blah for my child but we're not going to be able to make this one or this is a bit of an inconvenience etc will he do something to to compensate them who knows? Will he give them a free a free football from the club shop if you're over the age of five or something? You know, just something. <laughs> You'll be straight some... in there, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be, there. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be there with my child's ticket saying, can I have a ball, please? <laughs> I've heard that about you. Uh, that's a nice that's a nice way to, to finish off proceedings this evening. Ross, thanks for your time, as always, no problem, and your input. Thanks to Scrubby's Tavern for their continued support. In the meantime, if you want to keep up with the conversation, just search us on our socials at Scrubby's Extra. And you can get involved with the conversation itself. Just use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.